the blast from our past network. This week on Talking Back, we go boldly. And there's Romulans. Talking Back. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back. This is the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, video games, comics, and more. I'm your host, Tim. With me as usual this week is co-host Dean. Hello, Dean. Hello. Hello. How are you, Tim? Hello. Are you making fun I... of me, Tim? No, I'm not. Okay. Um, not at all. No, I'm 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 doing really, really good, Dean. Okay, great. Um, how are you doing? Great. I feel like I haven't podcasted in forever. It always feels like that, right? It always feels like it, yeah. Uh, it would be nice to podcast more than we even do. It'd be great. But we don't have... It'd um, be great to only podcast. That would be great. We might yeah. get there one day as we, uh, you know, build our listening base from, what is it right now? It's like around 2 million. It's around 2 million. Up to like, if and we get to like 10 million. I don't know about you, but they just send me cash in the mail. So I've oh, been like, nice. I've been just cashing in on these listeners who I don't get just that. say, I love what you do. Here's a hundred dollars. I don't get that. But oh, you know, you know, what would help us get more listeners is if what? people could leave us a review on iTunes Oh wow! wherever they listen to the podcast. Tim, this leave is us like... a, a five-star review. That would be awesome. And subscribe to our podcast. Tim, you're doing this like a minute into the podcast. This is weird. This is trying not try something like when, new. This is like when I drop spoilers a minute into the podcast. I know. I know. We need reviews, though. We need people to review the podcast so that other people can find us. So, yeah, that's that's how you find the podcast. Yeah. Um, by I'm not making any reviews. threats here. Yeah. I'm just saying you sound. If you people sa- can't find the podcast, you sound very aggressive. Now, I mean, it's okay. Like we do this podcast because you and I love it. Oh, we we're not going to stop. We love to get together and talk about shit. That's right. We're not just going to stop because we don't get reviews. But if we got reviews, who knows what might happen? Who knows? That could throw us into the next level of podcasting right. where we can do even more and greater things for our listeners. It's true. Where I'm we just could throwing only that out podcast. There. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. I'm yeah. just going to I'm going to put that on the table and I'm going to back away from it. Great. And leave it alone. Tim. Okay. Dean. Have you introed the show yet? Uh, yeah, I did an intro the show. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> totally forgot. <laughs> I was blanked out at that. Yeah. Like I I think I was sleeping I and you. then you said my name and I woke up. I really caught you off guard with you that. You did. Eh? Yeah. Wow. Mm. Oh, I like to keep things fresh around the old studio. Um yeah. what are we going to do this week though? Movies. 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 Oh. Uh I love <laughs> I love doing movies. Yeah. Um and we got a really good one here. I actually I'm not sure why we chose this one. You I did it, it, Tim. I did it. It's my fault. You choose. Uh, this, <laughs> I do the choosing. You do the choosing. I do the watching and reading. You do the choosing. I love this movie and definitely wanted to do it for the podcast. I just didn't think it would come this quick. Okay. I thought it would be further down the line. Now, yeah. here's the thing about talking back. We talk about whatever we want whenever we want to. Right. So I guess what was happening was that I had the feeling right to talk about this movie so, you wanted to talk about it so we are so i bumped it up in the schedule so we're talking about it and tim this is a movie that i would definitely say i like and like like before we um decided to do it for the show i would say yeah i really like that movie but sort of to think like oh one of my favorites i don't know about that 
Oh, but you haven't watched it enough then. That's your problem, That's right? the exact thing. Yeah. Watching it for the show is like, this movie's brilliant. It is. This it's, movie is actually great. It's great. It's great. It's, it's, I love it. We saw this movie together in theaters. We, that happens a lot with the stuff we cover. Yeah, we do. We do see things a lot, a lot together stuff. in theaters. Yeah. I feel like you say do it with like have such friends? surprise, but <laughs> yeah, it's like really, that, Tim, that's just, oh, you mean just like every other movie we Tim, talk can about? can you even imagine that we like the same thing and then we did it together? It's amazing. <laughs> can you imagine that? It's amazing. You mean you're the only person that I go to movies with and we saw this movie together? It happened. Wow. It happened. Uh, yeah. J.J. Um, Abrams, best movie. J.J. Abrams' best movie. Um, I'm not really going to argue that. I don't think you can. I don't think I can. I would have said before this rewatch, I would have said that it wasn't his best and I would have put maybe a couple movies ahead of it. I can't do that after this rewatch. Mm. Like, this is the top for me. I mean, closest closest for me is Force Awakens. You don't like it. Don't like it. And Super 8's pretty good. You probably haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Uh, Mission Impossible 3. I love Oh, love it. It's a good love movie. It. This is Not better. as good as this. This is yeah. better. Not as good as this. Love it though. Okay. Well, I think I have a little bit of information as to why this one is so good. You have information? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get into that. You're bringing information to this podcast. That's one of my jobs is True. to bring information. True. Another job is to wear my podcasting hat. Nice. Another job is to rein me in. Yes. Rein you in. <laughs> Another one is to get mad at you. Yeah. When you drop early spoilers. Yeah. I'm, try- I'm getting better. You are getting better, yeah. And so- sometimes I've been dropping spoilers. Lately, I know, actually. it's crazy. It's like, you've been rubbing off on me in a bad way. Yeah, well, it's me- eh, arguably a good one. <clears throat> oh, well, no, not. People not. love spoilers. Nobody loves a spoiler. No? No. All right. Okay. This movie was released on May 8th, 2009. Big budget here, $150 million, but it grosses $385 million. That's good. Domestic or global? That's, uh, that's, I believe that's global. Okay. Yeah. Directed, as we said, by J.J. Abrams and produced by Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Now, let's get started right here. Yeah. So these guys work together as producers on the show Lost. Lost. Yes, Lost. Now, the movie was written by, here we go. Here we go. This is the part in the show where we start to butcher names. Okay. Okay. Roberto Orsi or Orky. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Let's call him Robert O. I'm trying to, I'm just visualizing the name in my head and trying to think of. Let's call him Roberto. Or just Roberto. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Written by Roberto and Alex Kurtzman. So. Cool. Now listen to this. I'm listening. These two knew each other since high school. What? Yeah. For their first time. Well, for their first big time writing job. Sam Raimi hires them in 1995 to write together on the show Hercules. Cool. The Legendary Journeys. Cool. I forgot Sam Raimi was involved in that show. Uh, honestly, Tim, I did not know. Yeah. Like, I did not. I, seems like I a liked, weird thing, right? I liked Hercules a lot. Um, I was a kid, right? Yeah. So I wouldn't think of who's working on this show. I would just be watching the show. I did not yeah. even know that. Yeah. I think he also, uh, Raimi also worked on Xena. But oh, sorry, I love Zena. These, uh, oh, did you want to say more about it? I this love is your chance, Zena. Okay, it. that's all. That don't say anymore. Warrior princess. <laughs> that's her. That's her. You got it. Yeah, I did it. You squeezed it all in there. Yes. Now, all my thoughts. Um, Roberto and Alex, they quickly become producers on the show Hercules. Now, this is why, because Kevin Sorbo, Hercules on the show, 
he got really sick. I think he was, I think he got sick. I don't think he got injured, but there was, I think he was sick. There was a reason he had to be off of the show for a long time. Okay. So they needed to come up with interesting storylines that they could write that he didn't actually have to be in, but the show could continue running. Cool. So apparently they did such a good job. They quickly became producers for the exceptional work they did. So there were episodes where he wasn't in them? Yeah. Or they filmed like a lot of him when they could. Right. uh, With the foresight that we'll use these, um, these parts in other shows. But yeah, he was gone for an extended yeah, period of time, but the show continued on. Now, uh, these guys would also do some writing for Xena. Warrior War- Princess. Thank you. Um, but what they were really trying to do is they were trying to get signed to like a network-based series, right? Like yeah. they wanted the big money. Yeah. Now, in 2001, they meet with Abrams. And Abrams was just starting to work on the show Alias. So Abrams hires them to work with him. 2004. Roberto and Alex, they finally get their big break and they help write the movie The Island. Do you remember oh, that? Interesting. Like I McGregor, do remember the Scarlett Island. Johansson. Yeah, people do not like The Island. It was okay. This guy likes it. Yeah. I'm pointing at myself. Yeah. I like The Island. This guy, think, yeah. I'm pointing at, oh, yeah, I see at that. myself. Yeah. I thought it was okay. Yeah. It was in the middle. Uh, okay, yeah. I'll say middle okay, to low yeah. for me. I, like, I enjoy it. I'll throw it on and, and enjoy watching it. Um, could be because I love Ewan McGregor, but... Oh, I love Ewan McGregor. Oh, that guy's so good. Uh, he's the best. So, they also write at the same time, they write The Legend of Zorro, the movie. I love that movie. In 2006, they join Abrams, and the three of them write the script for Mission Impossible 3. Yes. That movie was such a pleasant surprise. Like, it was so killer. Tim, that movie brought Mission Impossible back into relevance because mission impossible yeah. 2 sucks yeah and it's horrible and it died and one was okay well one's good it's okay i like one but now like mission impossible is this huge thing yeah where like tom cruise just does the most ama- like crazy things that you can think of and that's what the that's what the movie is yeah it's huge right now and that doesn't happen if abrams doesn't get on that movie and make it something like put it back on track whether it's the best mission impossible movie i don't think it is but it gets it back on track Right, right. So, from there, in 2007, Roberto and Alex write the screenplay for Transformers. In 2008, they produced the movie Eagle Eye. And then after that, were brought in to revise the script on Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Wow. Now, along with Abrams, they co-created the show Fringe. Which have you seen Fringe? I haven't. I heard it's really good, though. Oh, I love Fringe. Now, this brings us now to the duo writing the script for the Star Trek reboot. I love these guys. Yes. Now, listen to this. From 2005 to 2011, the movies they wrote for grossed over $3 billion. That's pretty good. That's not bad. That's pretty good. So... Okay, so here what we have is we've got these two guys who are friends from high school writing together for their whole life. You get a guy, J.J. Abrams, who does a lot of work with Damon Lindelof. Mm -hmm. You get this crew of people who know each other, work well with each other, and they create this masterpiece. Cool. And I think that's a lot of the reason behind it. Yeah. Thank you for shedding light on them, Tim. You're welcome. I did not know about this. You're welcome. Now, Abrams originally agreed to be a part of the film as a producer- simply as a way to help Roberto and Alex and Lindelof get themselves onto the movie. He wasn't actually going to have 
a lot more to do with it than just like I'll produce. Here's the guys I want to be a part of it. So I feel like that's like kind of Abrams like attitude towards things. Yeah. I've heard a lot of times where he's just like, nah, you know what? Like, I'll be part of it if you want me to, but I'm not going to do it. Oh, I am directing that Star Wars movie. Okay. Like, (laughs) he's just, he, yeah, he just doesn't really uh, go for it. He just says like, yeah, I'll help when I can. But then he's the guy they want. Right. So in this case, they do offer him um, the, the option to direct. And he says, after reading the script, he accepts the position. Great. Basically saying that he realized he'd be, this is a quote, he said he would be so agonizingly envious of whoever stepped in to direct the movie. Cool. So he did it. He actually also felt that since he wasn't a very big Star Trek fan, that he'd be well suited for this movie because they're trying to introduce it to a new, um, mm. like a new series of viewers, right? Yeah. They're not trying to continue on anything. It, it is it is a reboot. Interesting. Right? And, and he thought he'd be able to convey that story to the this new group of viewers. That's very interesting because I am not a Trekkie. Not because I don't want to be, just because I, I never really watched it growing up. And it, like all the series sound very interesting to me. I just have never dove into it. It seems like a lot of media to dive into, right? To get get all that Star Trek stuff. Right. But this movie connects with me a lot. Mm-hmm. And I get all of the, I mean, I get all the broad references where it's like, oh yeah, I know that's a Star Trek thing. And they really click with me. And I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm in. I'm in with the group. I know it. So that's cool to hear that Abrams, who made it, who directed it, um, also wasn't a huge fan. Mm-hmm. But he was pulling out things that he thought would connect with old audiences and new. Well, here, here, yeah, exactly. And here's something we can bring up right away. It's that you are not a big Star Trek fan. I am a huge Star Trek fan. Yeah. We both think this movie is great. I think it's great. I think it's great because they they do a lot of um, fan service for people who know what Star Trek is. Cool. Clearly, they, they do a great job without you even knowing that that's part of the movie. Just yeah. the stuff in there for a new viewer is ample and, yeah. and you're you're engaged and into it without knowing the some of the behind the scenes. Yeah. Stuff and like. I've watched episodes here and there. So the stuff that I do know about when it shows up in this movie, I'm like, well, that actually really makes sense with this plot. Like that really makes sense with what's happening here. I don't feel like they just threw that in. I just think I'm part of the group now. Yeah. Like I'm into the Star Trek stuff. I know about it. Yep. So the movie, I mean, great cast here. Great yes. cast. The cast. I like the cast. I like Tim, the cast. I like the as cast well. of this movie. Yeah. Well, we have Chris Pine. We have Zachary Kinto. We have Carl Urban, Zoe Saldana, Anton Yelchin. We got Eric Bana, Leonard Nimoy, Simon Pegg, John Cho, Bruce Greenwood, Winona Ryder. I mean, it's powerful. Yeah, you missed the MVP of the movie. That little green guy? Nope. That, he's great, though. He's runner-up. Chris Hemsworth. Oh, yeah, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, Chris for sure. Chris Hemsworth absolutely rocks in this movie. I did miss Chris Hemsworth. He is so good. Like, this is his first movie. And he is yeah. so good in mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's only in one scene. I know. It's amazing. So good. Let's talk about the story a little bit. So, to write the story, Roberto and Alex used inspiration from novels, Star Trek novels. Okay. They used inspiration from graduate school dissertations. Oh. As wow. well as the series, the multiple series themselves. Fancy. Now, Roberto and Alex wrote a scene 
for William Shatner to be in the movie, he would give, well, no, sorry, where old Spock would give young Spock a recorded message from Kirk from a previous timeline. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was just supposed to be like a birthday wish or something. Like it seemed kind of weird, but I guess they were trying to fit Shatner a in as well. birthday wish? Yeah. Like Shatner's going to sing happy birthday something to young like Spock? Yeah. Great. Um, I can see that fitting. Yeah. Shatner turns it down though, because he doesn't want a cameo. He like wants a major role like Nimoy. And like at this point in the Star Trek timeline, uh, like Kirk is dead. He, he okay. dies in a previous movie. Spoilers, Tim. So it's tough to like bring him back. Right. Because there's like there's like time travel, right? Yeah. Sort of so in this could, movie. Yeah. So if you have an old Kirk, it doesn't really make sense. It right. doesn't really connect. It okay. could, it, well, I mean, time travel is what could possibly make it work. Oh, okay. But his character is essentially. He's like in, dead in the in, future, in, though. In, in, the, in the adult Spock universe, yeah. he's, he's dead. Right. right? Yeah. So. Right. Um. Shatner suggests that the film canonize his novels where Kirk is resurrected. Mm, That's okay. his, his uh, right. answer to kind of get into the movie. So that he can get in there yeah, and get uh, into multiple sequels if they have them, right? right? Yeah. yeah, paychecks. Yeah. Uh, Abrams turns it down, though, because uh, he felt the film would then become the resurrection of Kirk. Right, right? Yeah. Rather than introducing this new generation of characters. Yeah. So Good choice. That's why we have no Shatner. Yeah. Now... Roberto and Alex, they said their aim had been to impress a casual fan like Abrams with their story. Now, we had already touched on it. This is why it resonates so much with me. The story rocks. Like, I loved it because as a as um, a huge fan, yeah. I haven't had the opportunity to feel like a casual fan hmm. since I started watching these shows. Right. But this movie lets me feel like that. Because like, it's kind of all starting again, right? Yeah, like, but you, in a really in a different way, yeah. in a really fun way, and I feel like a casual fan watching this. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So the Romulans are the villain for the movie, and they were chosen for a few different reasons. Okay. First, they were featured less than the Klingons in the various Star Trek series. Also, in later Star Trek series, the Klingons actually become heroes in a way. Oh, okay. So to kind of like demonize them in this movie right. might have seemed a little bit odd. To like bring them back to being villains. Yeah. Yeah. Also in the original series, Kirk was the first human to ever encounter a Romulan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, that was from season one of the original Star Trek series. Okay. Uh, so that was an influence. And finally, this is really interesting that the Romulan presence actually continues Spock's storyline from his last chronological appearance in Star Trek The Next Generation. No way. Yeah. The episode's called Unification from Season 5. Oh, cool. It's a two-parter that actually puts him right here. Like, just in, in, in the situation just before this movie happened. Interesting. That is very neat. Very neat. Yeah. I, I didn't know about that. But okay. in, in researching, I found that out. I thought that was very cool. Definitely. So, there's a Writers Guild of America strike... From 2007 to 2008, which causes some issues for filming. Oh, no. Abrams would normally be able to improvise new lines and ideas while they're filming. But this writer's strike means that nothing new can get written. Right. That's so, the so script, weird. The script is locked in. Yeah. Now, Roberto and Alex, they're actually able to stay on set 
on a technicality that they're both executive producers on the film. Oh, cool. So they don't okay. actually have to leave. Yeah. So in order to circumvent this writer's strike, they do things like they'd make funny eyes and faces at the actors when they wanted to change a line. Wow. And then they'd, they'd give some sort of like nod of approval when the actor does something that they like. Interesting. So they were like, they were changing the script without changing it officially. Yeah. That's very interesting because a lot of stuff that comes out around this time is garbage because, and I didn't really know like the- The writer's strike? Well, I knew the writer's strike happened, but I didn't really know uh, what that meant, like yeah. what, what that all entailed. And I guess it's like you just saying that Abrams can't rewrite anything. He can't come up with anything new if it doesn't work. If it doesn't work, you just have to go with it. Right. Um, that's really interesting because I know, I don't know exactly when- um quantum of solace came out i don't know if it's around this time but like that movie's garbage yeah. and it's because it happened around that time so they just couldn't like bond is a is a movie that they rewrite a lot as they're going and you just couldn't do that with that movie yeah. so it's interesting that the writers o over a technicality can be on set and kind of nudge you in the right direction which is probably why this movie's great it's really cool it's really they can cool do it. yeah probably adds for a lot of um spontaneous um and improvised lines from the actors right also true yeah because you because you can't just have that written thing right they but have you to can come be up like, with it you can be like hey you can do what you want and we can say if it's good or not yeah but we just we can't write something for you yeah it forces them to it's know neat. their character and know what their character might do in that situation yeah so abram selects a gentleman named michael kaplan to design the costumes because this guy he's never seen any of the films Okay. So they thought cool. his approach to the costumes would be from a new angle. Yeah, nice. So listen to this hero. Kaplan goes to a flea market. He finds some old and greasy clothing items that he really likes. Cool. Then he does what anybody would do. He tracks down the makers of the clothes to Bali and commissions them to create the Romulan outfits. That is baller. No doubt. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. amazing. That's great. This guy is a hero. You're right. Sometimes Tim, you're uncovering all the heroes, the behind the scenes <laughs> heroes of this movie. I didn't know. Well, that's didn't what we like to do on these movie episodes. Yeah, this we, is great. We try to drop some knowledge. Um, Love it. We also on these movie episodes, we usually give like a hug. We give a hug to someone, right? Who like we feel like deserves one for yeah. for how great of a job they did. Of course, I'm gonna give Michael Kaplan my hug today. Yeah, here. like I want to hug that dude for doing he that. Deserves it. Yeah, love it for sure. That's uh, basically what I got for backstory. That's great. On production Yeah, here. that's awesome. So let's move right into the story then. Yeah, I'm good for it. Dude. Dude. This intro. Dude. Jeez. Dude. Now, I feel like, I mean, I was just talking for about 10 or 15 minutes or something, but I'm I'm ready to rant on this opening. Okay. Should I do that? Uh, let me say a couple things okay. and then you can just go, then you can go off. Okay. I'm going to go off. So on things it. I like about the opening, um, you like, I, I'm not even really going to touch on like plot by plot story of what's happening in the opening. I don't think we're going to do okay. that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Is, yeah, okay. So what I like about this opening is that the captain of this ship that we open on, like he has to, he has to leave the ship. Yeah. And so he puts... Mr. Kirk in charge. Mm -hmm. So me, as a, just like a casual viewer, is like, I know that. I know that guy. Yeah, Kirk's going to be in charge. Right. And as I'm watching, like, I mean, we saw this in theaters. So at that time, I didn't know who Chris Hemsworth was. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, I see this good looking guy. He's probably going to be Captain Kirk. I know yep. who that is. Yep. And I just love that they throw me for a loop there. They, they put yep. him 
And then they put him in charge and then everyone's got to get off the ship and he's doing these heroic things. I mean, like I said, I think he's MVP of the movie. Um, now that I know who he is, is like, he getting I'll, your hug? He like, I mean, he gets my hug. I don't think I can wrap my arms around his muscles, <laughs> but, um, he gets my hug. He, in like one scene, he made me laugh, cry. Like I was feeling emotional for his situation, but he's also heroic. Like he's always also like putting his neck out for everybody, saving a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, he delivers like a line where he just says, Tiberius, no, that's the worst. Yeah. And like the way he says it. I know. I am, I rewound it. To, I rewound that line. It's I good. I don't know. Anyways. Um, okay. Let me start. Okay. You let go me, Let me have a little I just, bit here. I'm super into the beginning of this movie yeah. and how it sets everything up and kind of throws me yeah. as a casual fan sort of gives me that um, acknowledgement that I know what's going on, but then throws it, like takes it away from me. Cool. So you're, you're touching on obviously some of the things I want to as well. So let's just uh, do it together then. So Okay, let's talk uh, at the same time. Go. Yeah, go. <laughs> no. Okay, so listen. It starts off, the music is just ominous. I love the music. It's so yeah. intense. You can stop me already. I'm going to stop you already. <laughs> I said four words. You said four words. You said music. You said, said one the word. music is you ominous. You said one word. This new thing that I'm doing is... When I'm really uh, into a movie, so obviously a movie that we're going to do for the podcast, I listen to the soundtrack. Oh, do you? I listen to the score at work while I'm working. that's very cool. Yeah, to lead me up to talking about it. Okay, I like that. And I have been rocking out to the score. Awesome. Specifically for this opening scene music. This Mm. opening scene music, I don't actually think it reaches, I don't think the rest of the movie reaches this level of music. This opening scene rocks it rocks the romulan ship is insane yeah it is huge it like it's kicking the shit out of the federation vessel the the federation vessel says they've never seen anything like it with all the sounds and the the fighting and the shooting and the music um someone gets pulled through a hole in the enterprise and blasts out to space yeah and then it's absolutely quiet yeah just it's like in the middle of all the chaos it's like it was weird. Yeah, and it's mesmerizing. Ship, and the ship's like coming out of like a fucking lightning storm or yeah. something, right? You can only see half their ship. Yeah. Uh yeah, like you said, the captain gets called over. Uh Chris Hemsworth is Kirk. Um like the visuals are stunning. It looks great. Dude, I mean, that so- is that is an Abrams like strength yeah. is making shit look good. Yeah. I mean, so far as a, a Star Trek fan here, this is a wet dream awesome. for me. Like it's awesome. a wet dream. I'm, I'm, that was a little I'm, graphic, Tim, but awesome. Uh, uh well, sorry. <laughs> change um, your pants. Okay. Change, change your pants. There's, there's, um, there's the thing is there's so many things going on at once here. Like I know. all these different things, the, the Federation ship, um, it's the Kelvin it's called. Okay. Like, yeah. It's, it's blowing up. It's, it's literally yeah. getting destroyed. For sure. The ca- their captain who's on board the other ship, he gets killed, right? Kirk's wife is in labor. Everyone's abandoning ship. It's just, it's so intense. How's this the intro, right? George Kirk, we find out, it's not Tiberius Kirk, it's George Kirk, but he has to stay on the ship um, because the autopilot's no longer functioning. He has to fly the Kelvin into the Romulan ship. There's escape pods flying out. Explosions are happening. Kirk's wife is in pain. Uh, He's directing the ship into his own death. Yeah. And the music changes to this peaceful, sad music. Like into yeah. this very touching moment where he hears his baby cry for the first time. He finds out it's a boy. Great moment when the baby cries for the first time because it's just been the intensity's been raising and raising and raising. Yeah. And then like we kind of get a quiet moment. We do. And then that cry happens. You're like, oh yeah. Yeah. 
he's a person who right. his wife is like yeah. he's sent away and she's just gave birth. Yeah. He's in the middle. Kirk is in the middle of saying, I love you when his ship flies into the Romulan ship and is destroyed. He's dead. Yeah. What a hero. Then this amazing shot of the Romulan ship damaged and all these tiny escape pods like scurrying as fast as they can in the opposite direction. Yeah. And the background is a giant star. It looks Dude, so I, good. It looks I, I I shit you not. I had tears in my eyes at this oh, point. Oh, for sure. Um, like it's it's sad, it's beautiful, all at the same time. It's like fuck. Yeah. Right? And then the movie ends. Yeah. Right? And it's over. And it's That's over. The end of the and movie I'm so and happy. Like, you're like, great. The, one of the best movies I've ever, best seen. I've ever seen. So let's get to you're what like, if. Hemsworth is a star. <laughs> All right, what if? What if there was more movie? <laughs> Dude, I'm exhausted after this intro. I'm like, but this is, I love a movie like this where you watch the intro, you watch five minutes and you feel like not only have you gotten your money's worth, but you feel like you should probably pay them double. Definitely. And and the movie's barely even started. What a What an amazing opening to hook you. No kidding. Right? It's insane. I might need a breather here. I'm, I, I'm feeling exhausted yeah, again. I'm just, bre- I'm only breathing over here. That's, oh man. I'm just taking it all in. Okay. So in that intro though, yeah, we, we hear from the Romulan captain Nero. Yeah. We hear what his purpose is. Uh, he says it to the Kelvin's captain. He says, this is his purpose to not simply avoid the destruction of a home that he loves, but to create a Romulus free of the Federation only then will she truly be saved. That is why Nero will destroy all the remaining Federation planets, starting with Earth. Right. So this is why um, this movie is great for a casual fan like me or like someone who doesn't know a lot about Star Trek coming into this movie. After this scene, I know there is a Federation, I guess, which is, you know, some sort of government. Earth is a part of it. But there are planets out there that aren't part of it. And... Whether they like not being a part of it or don't like it, whatever. Some of them can rise up and can wage war mm. on Earth, who is part of a federation. So I kind of get I get an idea of like the political system already without yeah. really getting like jargon that I don't understand. Right. Right. Just like a little little moment with the captain and Nero and just yeah, figuring that out on my own. Right. He doesn't like spoon feed it to me. But I just pick, you it pick up, up on it by yeah. just being part of the movie. But just being into the movie, I get it. Exactly. Yeah. Great point. Um, the Federation is like um, it's a federation of, of planets. So okay. it's, it's like um, Earth is a smaller planet, and mm-hmm. Earth has Starfleet. Yeah. And they have gone out in a peacekeeping way and gone to other planets and in other solar systems, and they will like team up with other planets who are like like minded. So okay. the Federation is a bunch of different species and planets. But then you have something like the Romulans who are equal in size to the Federation just because the Romulans have such a like a greater um, number of citizens. Right. Like, so okay. Where you have the Federation, which is maybe hundreds of different species and planets. You have the Romulans who are right. just the Romulans. And right. You have the Klingons who are just the Klingons. So like if you just had Earth, like if you had Starfleet from Earth – 
they'd get smashed by anybody because they're too small. Right. So so they've you know gone and collected all these getting other... allies exactly, around the exactly. universe. Yeah. yeah. So that's what the Federation is. Just okay. To to give you a bit of thank you Tim. info there. I mean, I'm learning by listening to your other Star Trek podcasts. Oh yeah, I love those podcasts. Thank you. I get to I get to learn about all this stuff in this world that I I kind of love, just don't know anything about. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I'm glad uh, you can be a part of those, even though you're not with us yeah. at the time. You're with us in spirit. I am. I am yeah. with you in spirit. Yeah. Yeah. You have great guests on that show, though. Yeah. I love Jay and Terry. They do yeah. a great job. They're fantastic. So, uh, those are gr- really fun episodes to do. Let's me tap into my Star Trek nerddom. <laughs> For sure. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing about what Nero says is that from what we've just seen from his ship, he has the capabilities to do what he has said. Right. That I feel like that ship could wipe out Earth. That ship is so big. It's so it's big. It's so, so much, powerful. It's so much bigger than the ships, like the Starfleet ships. Yeah. And it's so powerful. And it looks like death is coming. Like it, it does. looks like death. You know, my favorite part about that ship is, is it's a mining ship. It's it's from the future. It's a mining ship. It's so but great. It's, it's not even one of their warships. Oh, why it's is it a, so spiky? It's a mining ship. Oh man, just it's, imagine that's not built for fighting. I just imagine that thing like running through planets and just like oh, collecting yeah. them on its spike. And <laughs> totally. so it's just like got a bunch of planets on it, like as yeah. it's as it's traveling through. What them. a great visual! That would totally work. <laughs> that's a, that's a great idea. It's, that I'm... ship is so crazy. Yeah. So. After after that intro and all that excitement, we get to see um, uh, James Kirk as a rebellious kid. Yeah, right. Of he's, course. he's like maybe ten or twelve or something. I, I like the idea that they're showing us that Kirk was always Kirk. Yeah, he was always rebellious in nature. Like he yeah. is who he is. We also get to see young Spock. Yeah, right. And we see that he gets bullied as a child. Yeah, it's it's nice to see. Both those. It is. See, yeah, yeah, both of them are young. Not just another. Kirk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the, the bullies have attempted 35 times to elicit an emotional response from Spock. <laughs> right. And this time it works. Yeah. When uh, they call his mother uh, right. a, human, a human whore. Oh, no. Hey, Dean. What did you say about some damn fish's mother? You talking about some damn fish's <laughs> yeah, mother? It. You talking about some damn fish's mother? You talking about some damn Vulcan's mother? That's right. <laughs> Sorry, a little throwback to our Jaws episode. Of course, yeah. Jaws, Jaws 3. Jaws the greatest 3. line from Jaws yeah, 3. Dean drops a tremendous line in Jaws 3 that I just butchered. <laughs> but um, You've almost got that. Anyways, yeah. those two intros are perfect. Yeah. Just seeing them both as children like that. And we get an idea for like how they were built and, and what made them who they are. Yeah, there's a big cast of characters um, in this movie. But when you break it down, this is a Kirk and Spock movie. Yes. Right. When you really get down to it, it it's is. about how these two could possibly have been friends. Yeah. It's, right? it's a Kirk and Spock and Spock movie, <laughs> to be specific. That's true. It's a Kirk and Spock and Spock movie. It's true. Um, next, we get to see an adult Spock. He's having a really sweet moment with his mother. Uh, and then, um, then he's before a committee. Yeah. I, I really love this interaction here with this committee. For sure. He gets accepted to the Vulcan Science Academy. I imagine that's fairly difficult to get into. It's like Harvard. I think it's more than Harvard. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, the head of the committee drops some insults here. Yeah. I love that they have no, like, they don't show emotion. So they're just, they're dropping burns with no affect. Totally. Yeah. So he says, it's weird. Uh, 
It is weird. Yeah. But you can t- you can pick up that it's an insult. Totally. Right? Yeah. Uh, and that just like they have to say it. Yeah. Right? Because they're all about the logic. So yeah. it's like, it's like we have this filter that's like, oh, no, you don't say that about someone's mom. But they're just like, yep, it's true. So we say it. Yeah, we're going to say it. But <laughs> yeah. we're not going to show that we care about yeah. saying it. So this guy says Spock exceeded his instructor's expectations. And that it's truly remarkable he's achieved so much despite his disadvantage. Yeah. Uh, what'd you say about my mama? What? What'd you say about some damn fish mama? You talking about my damn fish's mom? <laughs> Spock is offended. He he declines the Vulcan Science Academy. Yeah. Now, Good. The, the disadvantage that he's speaking of, obviously, is that he uh, he's half human. His mother is human. Um, so he turns turns it down, which no Vulcan has ever done before. Yeah, well, it makes sense. It does make sense. They don't have cool moms like Winona Ryder. That's right. Yeah, so Winona Ryder, I don't know if it seemed a bit odd to you that she was in it as his mother because she's like oh, maybe only a little bit older than the actor Zachary Quinto. I guess, yeah. But what they were going to do, they were actually going to have a flashback scene in the movie. Oh, yeah. With, okay. with um, young Spock and Winona Ryder. Makes sense. That didn't make yeah. the cut. Makes so, sense. So um, that's why... It just that was a part that seemed a little bit odd it to me. It did seem a little she odd. A bit too like, young. It's like we really got to get Winona Ryder yeah. in this movie. We got to make her old. Yeah, we need her to be. It in It felt movie. like that, right? Yeah. And like why? It felt a bit forced for some it, reason. Yeah, it but did feel a bit like that's probably because that, you and I don't really like Winona Ryder. But yeah, yeah, it just felt forced. She did a great job, but oh, she's fine. Um, yeah. So, off to the bar. Every good movie is a bar scene, right? Uh, for sure, and. What I like about, you know, this bar scene, um, it shows us a lot of Kirk, you know, it yep. shows us a lot of uh, the edge he has. Yeah, he's adult Kirk here. Yeah. And I like, I like that a guy who, you know, doesn't know his father because his father did a her- heroic act. Yep. Has two paths, basically. And that's one, to just be so obsessed with being a hero like his father, or two, not wanting to be a hero because he thinks what his father did is dumb so that because his father's not around to raise him so he thinks that that's not the path he needs to go and i like that we're on the second one like Mm -hmm. i I like that kirk starts out being like nah my father's an idiot like he's not he wasn't around to raise me so what kind of hero is that right but he's still got his dad in him for sure he's still he yeah he still has it in him he's still his father's son that's true I say that right? Yeah. Yeah. Your logic is sound. <laughs> um, uh. Yeah. I, I like, I like that we get, like you said, we get to, we get some stuff about Kirk here yeah. and I like that we learn he's not only is he's like a, a tough guy, but he's also intelligent, right? He's we, very smart. They show us both. They show us an interaction with the Huru where he's being extremely smart and then he fights four guys and yeah. like does okay for fighting four guys. I like his line there where- yeah, they said it's, it's four really on one, and he's like, "Well, I guess you need to get some more men." Yeah, it's he does great. it so like matter of fact. He's like, it's great. "Well, why don't you go get more yeah. guys and then come back to make it a free- yeah. <laughs> yeah?" And like they beat the shit out of him because it's like four on one. But he holds but, his like, own for a little bit. He holds his own, and he's like, "Yeah, it's just that confidence." I don't know. After these two scenes end, I love. Well, I love three people in this movie, but after these two scenes, one of them's dead now. After these two scenes end, I love Spock and I love Kirk. Like I love these two guys. Okay, settle down. Sorry, I'm it's yelling okay. at you. I know. I'm I didn't do anything. The other guy I love is George Kirk and he's dead. I know. He died to I know. He's my favorite character in this movie and he died. He does such a damn good job. He died. Such a good job. Be your father. He did die. He did Be die. Be your father, Jim. Now, James. listen. Okay. Listen. Who comes to the bar? 
to break up the fight? Uh, grizzly old space dog. Do you know his name? Um, nope. Oh, it's Captain Pike. <laughs> yes, that's it, Pike. Yeah, Pike. Captain Pike. He comes in to break up the yes, fight. I knew it was a diving maneuver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Pike, nice. Yes. You should have just thrown out another I know. one. I know. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> what are some diving terms? Um, the uh, uh, the uh, somersault. No, <laughs> gymnastics. Oh, sorry, sorry. There's um, tuck. a tuck. Oh, tuck. yeah. The Captain three tuck. quarter rotation in the tuck position. <laughs> yeah. So he's Captain Tuck. A double back flounder. Oh, the flounder. Yeah, it's really good. It's really prestigious. My favorite is the belly splash. Oh, nice. Mine is the, uh, no, that, 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 yeah, you're right. That's the favorite. Okay. Belly splash. Kirk, uh, Kirk no, Kirk. Tuck. Captain Tuck. Pike. Captain Tuck. Oh, Pike. Sorry. Pike. Three quarter Pike comes and <laughs> he wants Kirk to join Starfleet, right? He, uh, Pike studied the story of Kirk's dad and he yeah. knows that this Kirk, Jim Kirk could be a captain. Yeah. Right. Based upon what his dad has done. He challenges Kirk to do better than his father, who was captain for 12 minutes and saved 800 lives, including his mother's and his own. I'm boom. I'm, I'm crying. I like, know. Me too. I have tears in my eyes right now because do that line that? is so great. That just like all of the emotions we just felt in that opening, we get brought back but amplified here because it's yeah. summed up in one sentence. What just happened there? Exactly. And what do you do to a young punk who's just being an arrogant prick but you know has talent you challenge him to be better than the person that he's probably lashing out against be better than your father who did all this amazing stuff and was captain for 12 minutes he says i dare you to do better i know that's something kirk would respond to right a dare a dare sure you dare me yeah triple dog dare you you triple dog dare me to do it i do like if he's like you know what do you think you could do better? Or if like, he says, I challenge why don't you, you try to do better? But yeah. I dare you to do yeah. better. If That's... he says, I challenge you to do better, he's not like playing into the arrogance yeah. of Kirk, right? He says, I dare you to That's, do better. That's talking Kirk. For sure. Talking Kirk. Talking Kirk. That's that could be the name of the podcast. <laughs> talking Kirk. <laughs> that could be an offshoot podcast. Spin off. Yeah. Talkin so Kirk. You, guess what? It works. Kirk goes to enlist. But he goes to enlist. In the same clothes he just got beat up in. He's well, got it's the, like it's like eight hours later. It happens right away. He doesn't change. No, <laughs> he doesn't have time to. He, he his, keeps drinking at the bar. He has his bloody shirt on yeah. when he walks onto that spaceship. Yeah, it's great. It's amazing. But on his way to enlist, he drives past the Enterprise being built. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, it looks so cool. Normally, um, yeah. Uh, normally, spaceships are built in space. Okay, I didn't uh, know this. Like in, in all of like the Star Trek series, yeah, they okay. go to spaceships in okay. space at space dock, and then they just fly out with them. I guess that makes sense, yeah. <clears throat> the The reason they did this, it was all because of a simple piece of fan art where someone took a picture of a shipyard and just plopped the Enterprise right in the middle of it like it was getting built instead of a ship. Cool. It's not like super well done. It's yeah. just a simple Photoshop of this enterprise that's placed in a shipyard, but it looks like a starship being built on Earth. Cool. And because cool of that, idea. they added it to the movie. It's yeah. super cool. Awesome. They made it obviously look way better. Like it looks so cool when they're building that ship. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it's about halfway done, right? Yeah. Kirk gets on the shuttle to go up to, uh, I guess, the space station or wherever they're going. And uh, he meets uh, Leonard McCoy. Meets Bones. Yeah. I like Bones. I like Bones. I like them. Bones is good. Carl Urban, he's is good. great. 
Yeah. I love Carl Urban. He's great in this role. I don't know much about Great in all his roles. Bones, but he's great in all his roles. He gets to be like Dread after this. Yeah, Dread. Oh, he's so good in Dread. Great movie. Perfect. I like Carl Urban. Did we watch Dread together, Dean? Tim, Tim, this is another movie. In 3D? This is another movie we watched together. Amazing. It was amazing. So we jumped three years ahead to the Romulan vessel. The Romulans have found Spock. The Romulans have found Spock. Yeah, they found him. I won't get into too much more than that, but at this point- This is confusing, Tim. At this point, they've uh, tracked down the um, old Spock. You are correct. Okay, but we're back at Starfleet Academy. And Kirk is ready to take the Kobayashi Maru test. Ooh, sounds now. Intense. I guess as a new viewer, do you do you know much about this? The background of this test? Nothing. Not a not a thing. So it's it's like it's this is from the like the beginning of canon. For oh, that's show, cool. Is I didn't know that. There's this test that that all captains have to go through. Oh, neat. And it's a no win scenario. Okay. So Did- you cannot. You know, they train. Um, they have like like holographic simulations and stuff like this. But yeah. this is like a program they run yeah. to test how you'll react in certain different situations. Okay, that's So I, cool. I imagine there's lots of different tests like this. Yeah. This one in specific, there's no way to win. Okay. Did it's, Spock always write this one? That was new. That was, that was cool. New. Okay. Yeah, that's that was cool. cool. Yeah. So you have this scenario that they're just, they're testing how you react in your like final moments, right? Like in, when, in when the you're face of certain death, face of death. Right? What what are your choices? Yeah, cool. That's the purpose of it. Yeah, right. So like Kirk's father, exactly. Kirk's father. Ooh, like it's hit me. If he if you're gonna give him a score on the Kobayashi Maru, 100. 107 percent. One hundred. Oh wow, bonus yeah. marks because he had a baby at the same bonus time. Bonus marks so for, for Tiberius. No, he's the worst. <laughs> That's the best line in the movie. <laughs> so. Um, this is the third time Kirk's taking the test. Right. Which yeah. is funny because it's, Look, a no, what are you supposed to do? It's a no-win scenario, right? Totally, yeah. But he's super aloof about it. He's like eating on an apple. Um, so- And like saying things that he shouldn't, yeah, right? Yeah, he's like, super he's relaxed like, and He's arrogant. like, oh, let's let them attack us, whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, don't and worry about it. like, okay, dummy. Yeah, yeah. So in the middle of it, a glitch happens and the program kind of like something happens to it. And then when it comes back on- uh, the tables have turned in Kirk's favor. Of course. And he's able to win. Shields are down. Shields are down. He's <laughs> able to win the unwinnable scenario. Yeah. And he's like doing his little like shooter with his, uh, oh, yeah, his yeah. thumb and his finger. He's yeah. like, <laughs> as, as they're shooting the. And the, I like uh, that they turn to Spock right away and they're like, how did he beat your test? And yeah. it's like, you guys are idiots. Obviously he reprogrammed it. Like, yeah. did you see what just happened? There was a right. glitch. Right. But he's like, I have no idea. Obviously reprogramming no idea is how something he got in that there. they yeah. obviously uh, protect against. Right? Or he would have had to hack into whatever program was running. The, yeah. the guy could have said to Spock, like, how did he hack your program? That would have right? been better. Yeah. 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 That would have been better, actually. That's a good point. Um but yeah, it's cool. And like you said, we get to see that Spock programmed it, which was really neat. I like Spock. Oh, I love Spock. In this movie. Oh, I love him. Zachary Quinto. Great. Great. Great um, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a little bit later on, I'm gonna okay. get to why I think he's so great for okay, me. Cool. It's just too early for me to say. Okay, sorry. Because Spoilers. We, we haven't seen the rest of the movie right, up sorry. to this point, right? But, We've uh, only up seen to, up to here. Up to this point, I am digging Spock a lot. Totally. And like he's really they haven't given us a ton of him but i am super on board with kirk and super on board with spock like, those are my guys at the start of this movie yeah i think they want you to feel like that okay good yeah so kirk gets called out for cheating 
and Kirk and Spock meet before a committee to talk about what's happened. Now, it's more character development for both of them, which is fantastic. Yeah. Spock says by cheating, Kirk didn't allow himself to face a no-win scenario. Right. Kirk says he doesn't believe in no-win scenarios. Oh, yeah, it's of great. course. It's great. Both sides, it's wonderful. Of course, yeah. Like, you can't argue with either of those, right? No. Kirk doesn't believe in no-win scenarios and yeah. found a way to beat the odds. Yeah. Like, to cheat. Yeah. I mean, if he had to hack into the system to do it, he found a way to win. That's right. He he beat There's the no-win just... scenario. Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you did it. That's right. He did it. Mm-hmm. So Spock makes a comment about Kirk's father. Yeah. Would you say about some... Would you say? Would you, you say, say about, about my father? Hemsworth? What did you say about Thor? Would you say about Thor? Would you say about my, my damn fish's mother? Luckily for Spock, the meeting is interrupted. There's a distress call from Vulcan. Luckily for Spock, because Kirk was about to punch his teeth out. Right, because in that moment, you felt like, what did he just say? Yeah, would you right? Say, would like, you say that's, about that's my how I felt. That's I right. felt like... Like, uh, excuse me. You want to fight? Right excuse. Now? I'm I'm ready to jump onto well, the set and be Kirk's like, ready to go, yeah. Kirk, I got your back, man. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm fighting Spock yeah, right now. Sure. Even though he's my guy, you beat, I'm gonna punch let's him. Beat up Spock right now. Let's <laughs> do it. Yeah, let's get let's go. Let's right get now. him. Let's Flagpole. Get him. Let's get him. You and me. And Spock. He only has the strength of like four humans. Oh, he's so strong. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's a distress call from Vulcan. Everybody ships out, uh, except for Kirk. He's not allowed to be on a ship because they put him on academic suspension first. Oh cheater plagiarizing yeah exactly gets on right? academic yeah. Suspension. Yeah, yeah i know i feel the same way <laughs> <laughs> i love kirk uh bones sneaks him up to the space station though and bones is so he's good great. he's, he's great. so good a, he's a good friend yeah he's a good friend um sneaks him aboard the space station then actually sneaks him aboard the enterprise as well yeah and on the enterprise is the crew we know and love we already have sulu there we've yeah. got Chekhov, spock and Uhuru. And the Enterprise looks glorious here. It looks good. It looks so good. I'm really I'm really impressed with the way they made the spaceship look. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, me too. I think it looks great. I don't really have anything to draw off, but I think it's they, great. Um, they made this one look really clean. Oh, okay. And neat okay. and tidy. Yeah. It's like they, um, they used a lot of lens flares. Just to try that's a, to... That's uh, Abrams' thing, yeah. Yeah, but but his reasoning for that was he wanted it to seem like like everything was just pristine. Bright and brand shiny, Brand new, yeah. clean. Nothing had touched it. Um, and you really get that feeling like this is a brand new ship. For sure. Which is a, just a great idea of something like that's sort of telling the beginning. Yeah. Because right? even, oh, yeah. even, even if it's dirty and you know run down later on, it's nice to show that at once it was clean. Yeah. That's why we're like seeing like the clean Millennium Falcon, you know, in mm. like different Star Wars movies. Because like, oh yeah, at one time that was a new ship. That's right. Yeah. Was it ever new? It was. Yeah. Isn't that always a little bit of a ship bugging? <laughs> like it's fast, but it's like a ship bugging. Kind of. But, but it's a ship bucket with a good engine. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. You know what? You know what's weird? About like it's Star fast. Wars? It's they fast, always they it's... always get on spaceships and they're like, whoa, this thing's a shit bucket, and then they just go out into space. Yeah. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Isn't there like some sort of leak in that <laughs> yeah, thing? Yeah. Did you like... check... Anybody check the hull? <laughs> Anybody check anything here? Check the Everything's hull a shit bucket in Star Wars and that's they just point, go actually. into space. Yeah, there are some nice ships, but yeah, lots of them are shit buckets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So all the Starfleet vessels are going to warp, heading to Vulcan. Yeah. Okay, for this distress call. Yeah. Except Enterprise. Yeah. Uh, they had a little uh, little false start. 
but pretty funny. I mean, I don't know it much. It was pretty about, funny. It was nice. Yeah. Who's that character? Sulu. Sulu. I don't know much about Sulu, but like he for would me, never, he would never do that. Okay, because for <laughs> me, that was like kind of hilarious. It was kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. But he wouldn't. When, was it John Cho? Yeah, John, John Cho. Cho, Cho like, Cho, yeah. it's, it's so good. I love John Cho. He's great. Yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Now, this is a great twist, though, to keep them back like that. However, they decided to do it, you know, whether you agree with it or not. It was it was great because all the other ships head out, but this slight delay saves their lives. Yeah, Because totally. the distress call from Vulcan is the same type of distress call as the one on Kirk's father's ship. Oh, yeah. So there was a distress call... Yes. They made a distress call. The Kelvin made a distress call. Yes. Now, this distress call from Vulcan has similarities to that. And Kirk would and, know and Kirk knows everything it. about that because so, you would... So does Pike. Pike would know the same as well. For sure. You would look... Well, Pike wrote that dissertation, dissertation or whatever yeah. on that attack. Yeah. Yeah. So... This movie's so good. Yeah. Well, the, what the thing is, it's a lightning storm in space, they say, right? Yeah. That's what the common denominator yeah, right. is there. So Kirk, who's on the ship, um, he was snuck on, right? So no one knows he's there. Right. He's got big hands. He's got big hands. <laughs> got really big hands. He hears the distress call and flips out because he knows what it is. Yeah. Right. So he's he's now trying to stop um, stop them from warping in. Yeah. Now. He knows they're heading into like a trap or whatever. You know, he, he knows it. He knows. Yeah. 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 So they're in war. They're at warp heading there. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get to the bridge. And he finally makes it there, and it's so it's so great, it's such a great scene. He bursts into the bridge. He's screaming that Vulcan is not experiencing a natural disaster. It's right. under attack by Romulans. Yeah. Now, clearly, everybody's going to be like, like, what the fuck? For dude? sure. Like, first of all, like, what are you doing here? How'd you get here? But also, like, why don't you f off? Because you're a cheating cadet. You know, yeah, you definitely. You don't deserve to be here. Why are you right? on this ship? We're not going to listen to you. Yeah, yeah. Are you drunk again, Kirk? Totally. Yeah. Um, Kirk and Spock. I love it. They get into it a little bit here, though. They're yeah. always like jabbing at each other. They don't. Yeah. They don't like each other at all, and I love it. Like, no, I know. It's it's great for this movie. It's great banter back and forth. But Kirk is adamant that this isn't a rescue mission. Now Spock pushes him for the facts. Of why this isn't a rescue mission. And Kirk right. has the facts. Yeah. So he says, this is the same lightning storm report as from the day he was born before a Romulan ship attacked the Kelvin. And he says, last night there was an attack in a similar location and 47 Klingon warbirds were destroyed by Romulans. Now, I think an important thing to point out here is the destruction of 47... Klingon warbirds. I know. This would be a nugget for the nerds. Okay, so I, oh, okay. I would pick up on this. Okay. Not a lot of other people would. I didn't really... You would get, like, a, a Federation ship fighting one Klingon warbird. Really? Maybe two. Okay. And you'd be, like, you'd be scared. If you right. saw five Klingon warbirds coming, you'd, you'd be gone. You'd be like, we are okay. about to die. Okay. We need to go get an armada. Right. So the fact that this Romulan ship, this is how, right. I think this is where they show you how powerful this ship right. truly is, is it destroyed 47 Klingon it warbirds. It skewered 47 of them as it was it just, just going right along, it them. just, boom. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, I like that little nugget there. For sure. Um, but I also like here, Pike and Spock after hearing, you know, the story and, and realizing that this is probably what's going on. They actually are on board now. They're on board with Kirk. Yeah. And they are. 
I like that Kirk's showing here that he should be the one who's in charge, right? Like yeah. he's already solved a problem that they didn't solve and Definitely. could have got them killed without him being there. Definitely. Like he's got an attitude. He's got a chip on his shoulder, but he's also, he knows what's going on, right? He's the smartest one there. And he's, he's super kind intelligent. Of, he's kind of the most tactical one there yeah, at yeah, that point. Yeah. Like he knows what's going on and he's telling them the thing that they need to do. Yeah, exactly. So they drop out of warp at Vulcan. And there's just a debris field of Federation ships. Yeah. Everyone's destroyed. Yeah. The Romulans detect Enterprise and are about to destroy them as well until Nero sees the ship's designation. Right. The Romulans broadcast a signal over to Enterprise and Nero says hello to Spock. Right. And then orders Pike to come on board. Yeah. And Spock's like, uh, have we met before? Yeah. <laughs> Do I know you? Yeah. Yeah. Nero orders that the red matter be prepared. Hmm. Red matter. Yeah, we don't know what that is. I don't know. With no other option, like, rather than to go over. Yeah. Same as the previous scenario with the Kelvin. Like, the captain has to go over because it's been shown that these ships have no defense for, well, for this. He's just going to blow you out of space yeah. if you don't do it. So your only chance, even though you know you're go you may be going to your certain death, the only chance you're giving everyone else back on the ship is to go over. Yeah, just buying yourself a bit of time. Yeah. So... Pike goes over, but before he does, he promotes Spock to captain and Kirk to first officer. That seems backwards. Well, the first time I watched it, I assumed Kirk would have got the promotion there. Right. But after watching it a few more times um, and and knowing, like, procedure, you would... It's like... Oh, no. It, Pike wouldn't be allowed to promote yeah. Kirk to captain. It 100% makes sense. Yeah. Because... You got to follow the line of co command there. Just, so. yeah, just because of how, also what, like, Kirk was, he's not even supposed to be on that ship. I know Pike likes him and thinks he can be captain, but that doesn't mean he thinks he's ready. Right. I don't think Pike thinks he's ready. So I think, like, he's also, he's following the chain of command so he can go next to, like, the first officer will now be captain, but that's why he makes Kirk first officer. Yeah. Like, that's also kind of crazy for pike to do oh, it is. Right? He, that's a huge jump going totally from a so suspended cadet yeah. to for first officer so you see he still has faith in him but he can't just go and make him captain no one will listen to him you right. think anyone will listen to kirk no yeah so bones and uhura also get uh promoted here as well yes the, just this one guy like the i guess what's uhura she's the linguistic linguistics or something yeah, like, yeah. anyways the other guys the guy who she relieves is yeah. like can you speak uh he asked him if he could speak Romulus. I think it's yeah, yeah. Ro no, Romulus Romulan? Is the, planet, the planet Romulan. Can you speak Romulan? And he's like, No, I'm sorry, I can't speak. Yeah. She's like, Yeah, I speak all like forty seven dialects yeah. or something like he's, that. Like get the fuck out of the chair. Yeah, you're <laughs> fired. Get in there. Shoot him out the nearest spaceport. Yeah. And Zoe Zaldana, great in this movie. Well, we talked we talked about everybody being great. Yeah, but she is great. Ahura, great. She's great. Yeah, she is great. Now we get more character development here. Skipping over a bit of stuff, but there's That's a okay. there's a scene where Kirk has to risk his life to save Sulu. So they're on the Romulan drill. Yeah. They're trying to disable it. This drill like drills into the middle of a planet. Then they drop one drop of this red matter and then it creates a black hole in the middle of a planet. Yeah. And it destroys the planet. So that's happening on, on Vulcan. Right. And so sorry, before you get into it, I just want to say that that part where they have to jump on the drill is another part in the movie where I feel like 
they don't really explain what's happening, but you have enough time to sort of figure it out before it happens. So they just say, you three are have to jump on the drill. And you're like, what are you, what are they talking about? What are they doing? And then as they're sort of floating in the air, you're like, oh, okay, this drill is drilling into the ground. Yeah. They're going to do something with that. They got to go on there and stop it. So I, I like the time that Abrams is giving us, like, as he's just, he's moving, he's moving fast, but he's giving us that time to figure it out ourselves before it happens. Yeah, it does move very fast. So Sulu gets pulled off of the drill. Yeah. And Kirk leaps off to save him, grabs a hold of him. Yeah, like just leaps off. Immediately, Like doesn't yeah. even think about it, just jumps after him. Which is which is fine because he jumps off and he grabs him and then sets off his chute. So yeah. they'll be fine. Still, hero. But his, his chute breaks. Too much weight, I guess. Uh-oh. And now they're just free falling. Bad. Now, back on Enterprise, Chekhov hears about the situation and just makes a beeline for the transporter room. He's screaming like, I know I know how to get them. I know how to He's get like, them. I can do that. Yeah, I can, I do, can that. do that. I can do that. Yeah. He's, um, he knows how to beam something moving extremely fast yeah. like, in that scenario. And there's this great shot where he's running and he runs past Uhuru who's just like sitting there doing something yeah. and he just blasts past her and she kind of like turns her head and it gives this look like- Totally, yeah. What, what is What's with going, this kid? What is he doing? What is yeah. he doing? Doesn't he say he's like 18 or something or 17? 17 even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it, it was really funny. It's a real subtle thing, but it was, he it was is really great. funny. He's so great. It, I I, it's hard to watch this movie without thinking like, ugh. I know. Someone, someone so, who left us way too sad, early. Sad story about yeah. him. Um, anyway, sorry. But, sorry to bring it down. No, nah, it's okay. Sp- Spock beams down to Vulcan. Because, like we said, what's happening to the planet, uh, they know the planet's going to be destroyed. So he needs to get out the Vulcan High Council. And they can't be beamed out because they're in the... Um, what are they in? They're like... What do they call it? The, yeah. They're, they're in like some sort of like, like chamber as, or something. Right. As I got it, they were in like... They all gather at. Yeah. They're in like a concrete basement where there's no Wi-Fi. They're in a cave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, there's no Wi-Fi in the cave. Yeah. So they have to actually go down and save them. Yeah. Um, he, and he gets there and he gets them all out and they get out to like an area where they can be beamed out. But the last second Spock's mother, uh, dies, the cliff gives away and they can't save her. They can't get her. Yeah. They can't lock onto her. And, uh, we get some emotion here from Spock after that with a her. So they're in an elevator together and she gives him this big hug and she says, um, you know, what do you need? Yeah. And he says he needs everybody to continue performing admirably. But this is what I was talking about before that I liked about Spock in the, the, the original episodes. He doesn't show emotion. But he has it. He has it. Yeah. I mean, the Vulcans, they repress their emotion. So he has yeah. them, but he doesn't show them. There's some episodes where like he loses his control of it and it, he may show them. But what's happening here in this movie is I feel like Spock is showing emotion regularly throughout this movie. Mm. That's what I really like. But now he's not. Sort of like like when his when his mom has died, he's like, no, we got to do what we have to do. Well, no, I, I disagree with that because okay. he gives Ahura a hug here. Well, that's she, true. She hugs yeah. him and he hugs her back. That's true. That's yeah. not, that's showing emotion, right? Yeah. That's like a Vulcan would not just hug somebody. Yeah. So 
she embraces him and he's kind of being Vulcan, not embracing her, but then you see him embrace her and like right, okay. go in for yeah. it. So he is showing emotion. But then he but then he pulls back and he says, We just gotta do what we of gotta course, do. Of course, but it's yeah. that moment, right? He's yeah. he's letting himself be vulnerable I mean, there. I feel like him pulling back and saying, We gotta do what we gotta do is even more human. Like it's right. It's even more. You just like, oh, no, I got to push that away. I just got to distract myself. We got to just keep going. Well, I think that's his his Vulcan. I think it's his Vulcan. I don't know. Like, I, I like I know it yeah. is, but I also feel that like I feel that that's a very human thing. Oh, yeah. Just maybe not just not like dwelling on it. Yeah. yeah. Just not. Yeah, for sure. Right. I think this elevator scene is fantastic. I think Zoe Zeldana is also like crushing it in this scene where she's just like, what do you need? What yeah. can I do for you? And he just says, we need to keep going. And she says, OK. Yeah, like like kind of like I know that's not what you need, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna do what you need me to do right now. Right, and we don't know that they're in a relationship yet, but obviously something is going on with. I mean, them, right? there we yeah, when she like puts both hands bit, both yeah. hands on his head, you're like, oh okay, yeah, like something's going on here. Right, right. So Nero now has Pike. He's gone over to the ship, and Nero wants the codes from Pike to break through the protection that Earth has in place. So Nero confirms here for us the, the viewers that he's traveling through time which is fucking cool yeah totally i love time like, travel i'm sold so do i but this is it's a really interesting time traveling story totally. because the time travel is only a small nugget yeah of the overall story normally stories with time travel focus on the idea of time travel definitely yeah it's just an aspect that kind of explains what's going on in this story yeah right that's right yeah and this is a very like uh, Morpheus Agent Smith uh, codes to Zion mainframe <laughs> situation going on here, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, what we get now is we get the first scene with the whole crew that we know and love together on the bridge trying to figure out the solution to a problem. That's great. And Kirk Kirk is sitting in the captain's chair. <laughs> right. And he's not supposed to be. <laughs> he's giving his he ideas. He's not supposed to be. Giving his ideas and... <laughs> <laughs> but he's not allowed to be there. No. So Kirk and Spock have a debate about how to proceed. Right. Spock wants to return to Earth and re- regroup, while Kirk wants to follow Nero and surprise, like, surprise attack. Yeah. Okay. This is where we get a bit of fan service with Spock using the Vulcan neck grip right. on Kirk. Right. Because they're in a bit of a heated argument. And yeah. And Kirk is adamant that his suggestion is the correct one. But Right. And again, like, fan service... But like something I knew about and thought that it fit really well. It did fit really well. Yeah. Like I didn't feel like it was. It wasn't forced. I didn't feel like it was forced. I didn't feel like it was like Abrams being like, how do we get this in here? I guess we could have this scene. Like it felt like really like it flowed with the story. Yeah, it did. So they throw Kirk off the ship to the nearest planet. That's harsh. That is very harsh. I thought that was quite harsh. That was quite harsh. I was, I was not into that. No, that was, that was harsh. But on this planet, Kirk encounters the elderly Spock. Yeah. Uh, And the Spock recognizes him, but is also surprised to find that he's there. Basically, Spock lets Kirk know that they're friends or they become friends. Yeah. Right? They're good friends. They're good friends. Yeah. And Spock mind melds with Kirk to show him what he knows. Now, I think this function of the mind meld here is a really great moment that that works well because it's like Spock isn't just melding with Kirk to give him the background info. Spock is melding with the audience so that we can get the same info that we need as well. Yeah, it's it's a great moment. It's it's a moment in the movie 
where, I mean, I've been enjoying the movie all up until this point, but it does have time travel in it. So I sometimes my brain is like, okay, where are we going to go? Where's the hole? Where are the holes going to be? And when this mind meld happens, it gives us all the information we need to get to that point in the story. And we kind of know everything up to that point. So after that happens, I'm just thinking, oh, go for it. Like, do whatever you want now. I am totally on board. You know what you're doing. Like, yeah, I don't even need I just need to enjoy this now. Yeah. Yeah, they, they give us what we need, yeah. like you said. What we learn from that meld is that Spock, he's responsible for destroying, I think, a star that is about to become supernova. I think no, it, it no? had already supernova. It had already supernova? It already, like, exploded and it was expanding. Okay, and he so had to go stop it. Okay, so he is responsible yeah. for st- destroying a supernova. Supernova, yeah. Now, the supernova was on the verge of destroying Romulus while he that is, true, is yeah. going to yeah. destroy it. Now, he succeeds in destroying it, but not before it destroys Romulus. Yeah, unfortunately. Unfortunately. So, Nero sent Spock to that ice planet as a punishment so that he could watch Vulcan be destroyed. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, when, totally. when like Kirk lands there and you're like, how is Spock here as well? Yeah. As soon as they do that meld, I was like, that is like a really good reason why Spock is here. So he can watch his planet. Yeah. Like Nero just wants to punish Spock, yeah. but in an emotional way, like not in a physical way. He wants him to watch his planet be destroyed. Yeah. Now, whatever that icy planet is, it's like a moon of Vulcan. So yeah. Vulcan is the big planet on the, you know, yeah. that you can see up in the sky. Totally. So yeah. It's a great viewing, uh, viewing place for that. So back on the ship, Spock and Bones have a great interaction here. Yeah. I really like it. So Bones is adamant against leaving Kirk behind. For sure. He says, you don't leave your prized stallion in the stable. And Spock says, a curious metaphor because a stallion must first be broken before it reaches its potential. Now, I love this comment, but I love it because I think it fits more for Spock than for Kirk. Ah, yeah. I feel like Spock is more of the wild stallion that needs to be broken. Interesting. Other than Kirk. Interesting, yeah. So I, that's where I'm at with that one. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Like, although Kirk is kind of like off the rails in a lot of a lot of situations, I feel like he knows who he is. He does. And he's like, on, he, he knows, never change. He never changes. Really. No, he knows what he's doing and yeah. he knows what he can bring to situations where Spock maybe needs to be broken. He's before still finding he, his way. Right? Yeah. He's still finding his way before yeah. he can be great. Right. Yeah. Right. It's interesting. Good point. So Spock from the future and Kirk make it to a Federation outpost on that planet. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that uh, Spock decided, uh, um, young Spock decided to dump Kirk there. Right. Because it had a Federation outpost. So they weren't just dumping him on a planet where he yeah. would die. He can still find his way home. They sent him to, yeah, yeah. They sent him to an outpost. So we go to that outpost and we meet uh, Scotty. Scotty's there. Yeah. It's great. It is great. Now, Scotty has conceived of the theory of trans warp beaming. Right. Which is beaming onto a ship moving at warp speed. Right. Because what I know about Scotty is beam me up, Scotty. That's right. That's what I know yeah, about Scotty. Yeah, he so likes, he beams, I know he, beams, he things. beams things. He beams them. Yeah. Now, Spock says that eventually he will figure out that theory and yeah. it'll be possible. But Spock doesn't have time to sit around. So he just shows it. He just shows it, Scotty yeah. how to do it. He like types it up on the computer and he says, look at this. And, and Again, here it is. I love this moment. It's moving fast, but... Scotty's like, no, there's no way that can be possible. And then he just shows him the equation. Yeah. And it's like, Scotty's smart guy, right? So he looks at it and he's like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I never thought of it that way, but this works. Like this one hundred percent works. Let's do it. I never thought of <laughs> yeah. space as a thing that's moving. He yeah. Says. Yeah. Exactly. And and once he sees it, you know, he's like, oh yeah, that does work. Cool. Yeah. So it's kind of neat because you're in the in the shows, you're not really supposed to do stuff like that. Like you're not supposed to, oh, okay. especially if you're traveling through time, okay. you're definitely not supposed to do something like that. Just gives somebody technology earlier than they should have had it. Yeah, so yeah. It was it was an, it was interesting to me that they actually did that. That he actually well, gave them the information ahead of time. It makes a lot of sense too because what you've been watching as you watch those episodes and you grow up on those episodes, this is a different timeline. Yeah. Right? Like we have now created a different timeline which these movies live in. Mm-hmm. So it some things could be more advanced if someone from the future brought them to Scotty. Yeah, there's right? lots of shows like that where um shows in the series where someone goes through time, brings back okay. technology yeah. and it's a it becomes more powerful, right? For sure, yeah. I guess what works here is that Nero is the one who damaged the timeline. Yeah. So they're using this little thing to get um a little bit of an, an advantage against him so it's yeah. not like they're doing it for their own benefit they're almost they're doing it to counter what someone else has already done totally negatively yeah. right so i think maybe that's why it, it's yeah. okay and to me as i'm watching it like i am not gonna watch these characters grow into the characters that are that first tv series this is now a different timeline they yes. will like they might have similar similar characteristics but they are going to be different characters like this is now a new timeline for me who's just started watching. Yeah. So Spock says that he can't go with Jim back to the Enterprise, but that Jim needs to take command of the ship. And he tells Kirk about Starfleet Regulation 619, which states that any command officer emotionally compromised by the mission at hand must resign said command. Now Spock says that he just watched his planet get destroyed and he's definitely emotionally compromised. Yeah, this part is a little hard for me because Kirk has to get Spock to have an emotional response to this, Yeah, right? So I just, I didn't like it. It's uncomfortable for you or what? Yeah, it's uncomfortable because these are my two friends. Okay, I see what I like these two guys and I know Kirk's doing it because he has to, because he has to be captain because he knows what's coming. Yeah, He knows what's happening and Spock doesn't, but I just don't like that. Like, I understand that it has to be part of the plot, but I just don't like yeah. my two guys you like to see two friends butting fighting. heads. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kirk and Scotty get beamed aboard the Enterprise with the transwarp beaming. Um, now they're immediately captured and brought to the bridge, where Kirk uses future Spock's advice to get younger Spock to act emotionally. Yeah. Now, I really like this because Kirk's, Kirk's first attempt, he says says, what is it with you, Spock? Hmm? Your planet was just destroyed, your mother murdered, and you're not even upset. And as quick as Kirk says that, yeah. Spock comes back with, if you're presuming that these experiences in any way impede my ability to command this ship, you're mistaken. Yeah. So he immediately, he, he knows. already knows what Kirk's he knows trying what to he's do. Doing. It's like, yeah. oh, you, you're talking about Starfleet Regulation 619? Well, no, that's not affecting me right now. Yeah. It's like, I love, I love how smart they make Spock. Like not only in this movie, but in that moment. It's oh, like, totally. He's so intelligent. Yeah. Um, I think that they show the um, intellectual superiority of Vulcans really. Oh, well. for sure. Yeah, he knows. He's one step ahead of him. Yeah, he, he is. knows what's like already. He knows what's happening. Yeah, 
But uh, Kirk is finally able to push Spock over the limit uh, with another um, classic mama comment. And uh, you talking about damn shark's mother? I am, yeah. And um, Spock attacks Kirk, and then stops and relieves himself from duty, saying that yeah. Kirk is now in command. I don't like my space friends fighting. Yeah, I know you don't. I like a nice space time with my nice space friends, but they're fighting right now. I know, but I it'll be like it'll it. be okay. Okay, it'll be okay. Okay. Now, at first, like you, I didn't really like this whole situation. Like, I didn't like the way that kirk got command it almost feel it almost felt like he was cheating a little bit but like he's right because spock is making an emotional decision here yeah he just saw nero destroy his planet and he's afraid of nero yeah. so he's choosing not to attack but to regroup out of fear it's very and true kirk knows it so yeah and calling that out wouldn't work he has to do it like Kirk has to do it has the to do emotional it way. way. He has to do it that way. That's the only way that's going to work. Yeah. Calling out the logic of it, like I, maybe it would work. He tried that already. He tried that already. And I think Spock's going to just have the next jab to go. Like he's well, gonna Spock's be, afraid. He's just going to say we're not yeah, doing that because for he, sure. he's living in fear. So about there this. needs to be a way that Kirk can take control of the ship over Spock. So the crew are now trying to figure out a plan for this mission. So how do they get on Nero's ship, right? Chekhov comes up with a great plan and uh, everybody's together now on the bridge and we get this like one shot of the whole cast. It's like yeah. a picture. You could just snap a photo and put it up on your wall. It's like oh, yeah. classic. Hey, you know, sign this for me. It's the picture of the crew, but yeah, they've, they've got their plan and Spock returns. He's ready. He's feeling better? Yeah, he's feeling he, better. He he's looks, ready for duty. He looks rested? He does look rested. He must have had a nap. Yeah. See, this is, nap. this is where I felt like he was the one who needed to be broken. Because yeah. he comes back and he's, while he's doing such a great job at not showing emotion, you can tell he's like relieved or happy. Yeah. Where he, before he was like, had anxiety and was struggling and, and upset. But Tim, you are such subtle acting yeah. on his behalf to be able to do that. You're totally right with that. And you're rocking me with that because I never thought about that. He is the one that needs to be broken. Yeah. It's it's great. He was yeah. the stallion. Totally. And especially, like you said, when he comes back and he's just like, okay, ready to go Ready now. to go. Yeah. 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 So Spock's wow. accepted his new role and he's uh, he's just not cut out to be captain. So we get into kind of like the ending sequence of the movie here. And like, this is all pretty standard, this ending you know, you get you get Kirk and Spock. They go on board the Romulan ship. Um, Spock gets on board this ship that used to be his that has the red matter on it. Right. And he takes off uh, on his way to go disable the drill, yeah. which is now drilling um, a hole in San Francisco. Right. They're at Earth. They're going to drop right, the red yeah. matter into Earth. Yeah. You get Kirk meeting up with Nero on and, the ship to fight Nero. And the red matter creates that like black hole type thing. Yeah, that's what it does. Yeah, you drop, yeah. you drop, you drill the hole, you drop one drop of, of red matter and you get a black and hole. And it just sucks. It's going to suck that planet in. Yeah. Um, it's actually cool that they, um, they talked to NASA about what it would look like if you were to create a black hole in the middle of a planet interesting and they worked with them to develop the look of what actually happened okay so that's kind of as close an interpretation as you could get 
to what that would really look like. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That and also the uh, explosions in space, like what an explosion would look like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So That's neat. It is neat. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, we get to the, we get near the end here and we get another one of these amazing moments where I'm just like, I'm sweaty and excited and probably feel like crying after because it's so beautiful. But Spock is in the ship, this Vulcan ship. Yeah. And he's flying towards the Romulan vessel. Yeah. So he's, he's stolen this off the vessel. He's left their vessel. He's gone. He's disabled the drill, but now he's come back and he's flying right at them. Yeah. And he's got all the red matter on his spaceship. And we can see, we know what a drop can do. He's oh, got like yeah. a gigantic ball of it. Like I am super ball. nervous right now. Yeah. So it looks like he's going on a suicide run here. Yeah, definitely. He's pulling a George Kirk right here. He is, yeah. The 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 Romulans, they just send out everything they have. Yeah. Nero shoots all the missiles right at Spock's Fire ship. Fire everything. Everything's going towards him. You get a nice pullback shot of the Romulan ship, yeah. the tiny little Vulcan ship, and yeah. all these missiles in his way. And then out of nowhere, the Enterprise drops out of warp beside them and just shoots a lane through all of these missiles, yeah. allowing Spock's ship to fly into the Romulan ship. Yeah, and this is a great moment um, because there's this thing that happens in movies where someone tells you something and then they leave you long enough time to forget about it. Yeah. Right? So Kirk tells um, Sulu before this, he says, you know, if you see a clear shot, go for it. Yeah. And that's all he really says about that. Right. And then we don't really see the Enterprise at all in this fight. So I completely forget that they are part of this fight. Me like too. We don't even cut back to them. Nope. We see nothing nope. until they show up at that moment and start firing. And it's like, oh, yeah, they're part of this, too. And I yep. just I love that they bring it back to you the moment you forget about it. Yeah. They bring it back to you, which is carry on. But it's the same thing about what you're about to say next. How do you know what I'm going to say next? I Because I, I've seen the movie. Well, what I was going to say next was that they beam Pike, Kirk, and Spock back onto the Enterprise just before exactly. the destruction. I forget that they can just beam people who are traveling oh, yeah. on ships like that they just can do this. I forget they can even beam people, right? So I'm like, well, uh, Spock's dead. Oh, they're dead, yeah. Like this yeah. suicide mission. I don't know how he gets out of this. I know there's another movie, but right. I don't know how he gets out of this. And they beam him back. I just don't even think about it. It's another thing that I just... They bring it back the moment I forget about it. Yeah. So Spock's ship crashes into the Romulan ship. Yeah. Red matter explodes, creating a black hole in the middle of the Romulan ship. Now this looks so damn cool. Oh, yeah. Totally. Oh, man. I love I love this part. I love just watching it. It looks beautiful. It does look beautiful. Now, Enterprise is trying to get out of there because there's this black hole oh, happening. Yeah. They're at full warp. I forgot and they're about not this. moving. Yeah. They're yeah. just stuck. In, in one spot because of the gravitational pull of the black hole. So oh, that looks so cool that 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 the frame there that they have when that's happening. When oh, they're just man. stuck there. Yeah, yeah. totally. Like you can tell it looks like they're moving, but yeah. they're not. They're just they're, they're stuck. It's cool. Uh, they eject the core. Oftentimes they have to eject it for whatever reason. This was cool because when they ejected it, they had ejected like maybe six or eight. Yeah. Little cores. Yeah. Normally it's just one big core. Okay. So in this one, they shot out a bunch of smaller ones. Yeah. I just thought that was an interesting for sure. change up. Yeah. I mean, that's even a change up for me who hasn't seen any of that, who just knows like, who's seen a lot of sci-fi movies. Yeah. And it's like eject the core. I was right. expecting like one thing to come flying piece. out the back. Yeah. But a yeah. bunch of little ones. Yeah. So they detonate the core 
And that helps push them clear of the black hole. Really cool. It was cool, yeah. Really cool. I mean, like this is I feel like this might be a common trope in in sci-fi movies that you need a little bit of a push to get going. Yeah. But though just the visuals that Abrams has here, like I don't care if I've seen it before. It looks beautiful. Like it looks so great them coming out of the blue. Yeah. Like that just that that out blue of the explosion. fire. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're back on Earth. And Spock meets Spock. Oh yes. And Kirk gets official command of the Enterprise. Cool. Of course. He should. Yeah, he should. Damn right he should. The, Damn right he should. Is all back together on the ship. It's interesting because when he gets when he gets this this captain, Captain C? Is that, is that the sure, word? Sure. When he when he gets that, I forget that they were just like He's not the captain he's not already. The cap- yeah. I forget that they like kind of were thrown into this and yeah. like shit just went down. Oh yeah. And like people were dropping and captains were going on to other ships. I forget that like Wild, this man. was kind of just thrown together yeah this team was thrown together and i was like oh yeah like this was just a bad day at the office and yeah. everyone had to figure out what to do that's right it's like yeah give them promotions they did a great yeah, job it's their origin they saved story. the world it's their origin story right? it's a great yep basically they're uh the crew's all on board the ship again and they head out into the great unknown to the music from the original series cool yeah that's how it ends cool to go boldly Boldly. To boldly where go no, where no man has boldly gone before. Go, I don't know that. I don't know to, the thing. Yeah, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Nice. Awesome. It's so good. Love it. I vibe I vibe with this movie. Like, hardcore. I do as well. I'm a huge fan of this one. I was so into it. I like it a lot more than number two and number three. I like it a lot more than... Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. I like it a lot more than number two. My, my three, fave. I liked. I think three brings it, like, kind of back. Three was cool. This is cool sure, stuff. But one's for sure my favorite. Yeah, one... Um, like, three's not Abrams, and yeah. one is... Yeah, one's my favorite. Yeah, one one is one's my best. He just does, like... There's just such subtle things in it where if I'm just watching the movie, I get, and he doesn't have to explain. Like, there's, there's a moment where um, they have, like, their phasers, and Kirk is shooting... And he switches it from like the red light right. to the blue light. Right. And then he shoots someone and then yeah. they go question him. And like, I understand in my head that he switched it from, you know, kill to stun. Kill to stun. Yeah. They don't say anything about that. Mm-hmm. They don't say that like, oh, now that I st- stunned him, I can question him. Right. Like you just get it. Yeah. And it's just little moments like that along the way where even though this movie is just going, it's fast paced, I can keep up with it. Right. Because he gives me those little cues and little moments to figure it out yeah okay that's great awesome time for what if what if what if we got a rated R Star Trek movie. What does that look like? In the vein of Logan, in the vein of Deadpool. I don't know. You know, okay, so. I just, want it. My body wants sure, it. Sure, okay, but what are you seeing? Like, in, in my mind, like, if we're talking about the phasers and we're talking about, so the phasers on kill. Mm-hmm. That's just like a laser holes. beam. Holes being burst out of bodies sure okay burns burns but still, flesh, that's not, flesh burning it's like it's something my mind doesn't quite comprehend because i don't know what a laser shot would do mm. 
Like, you know, where like a bullet and if a bullet goes in a body and then they just start bleeding, like I get that. I get that blood coming out. But I want, I want mature storylines. Okay. I want, okay. I want foul language. Oh, you want foul language. I want language, to see beheadings. Beheadings? That might be too far. Maybe I'm you too want far beheadings? Now. Is that a, think, is that a no, Star Trek thing? No, beheadings? No, it's not. But you want Game of Thrones? <laughs> no, but I want to see like I want to see that type of stuff, right? I want um, I want to. Here's what I want to see. I want this crew. I want people on this crew to die. Okay. I want these moments where you lose members of the team. Like I, I love Star Trek, and I love that everybody's usually okay. Um, that's why I'm so interested in what it would be like if we got something where people were dying bring us a rated r one like yeah why can't we have that right yeah so in it would be a, it would have I'm, to be a different like yeah. it would have to it couldn't be with this crew you may have to go with a new crew but you know let's have that let's have a couple movies let's have people die let's yeah. have some of the main characters die let's have but they can they can die in a pg movie but they, they don't, don't. They, they don't they don't but like it doesn't have to be rated r like i'm just trying to think of what the rated r aspect needs to be because like in a Logan situation, Wolverine, like you can understand what that rated R movie is because he is a he is a guy who kills people with blades that come out of his hands. Yeah. So you can understand that like that is that is a very violent thing. Yeah. Right. So that is you can you can understand that the rated R part is going to be in the violence. It's going to be sure. in the blades slicing into humans. So I, let's see I just, that. Let's see that. But I don't know what the part of Star Trek is that gets you to rated R. Like just just the language, just like because I feel like space violence isn't a rated R thing. Well, it's a combination of language, right? You can yeah. Have language. You could have the way that people are being killed. Yeah, you could have. I I think the mature themes is a thing. Mature themes, the storyline, the mature storyline, right? Yeah. I'm not the person to tell you what it's going to be. Yeah. If I was, then I would just make the movie and I'd make a lot of money by doing it. But you. But but I want to see someone who knows what they're doing take the reins and do that. And that's why I think Tarantino would have been a great choice for that. Right. Because his storytelling abilities are excellent and a lot of star trek is about the storytelling right so it's not just about the 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 deaths or the language if you watch a tarantino movie that has a mature feel to it right there's just for sure there's themes in there that are not going to be downloaded well for a younger audience right i want to see that brought into the star trek universe yeah so tarantino mature themes lots of language very graphic violence is sort of the yeah. Tarantino stuff. So And not afraid to do like questionable or shocking things. Yeah. So I can I can see the violence. I can see the violence into a Star Trek movie, but it can't be sort of the laser fighting cuz like that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. to me to be graphic, but I can see it being physical. Like mm. physical fighting kind of like just what Tarantino they- does, but just worked into the plot it doesn't have to be laser fighting all the time it doesn't have it to could be... be like torture like they're yeah. they could capture uh, a member of the enterprise could get captured and be tortured like physically yeah. tortured or they could the enterprise could capture another species and torture just something like that right like It'd something interesting you're not going to see torture in this universe this this star trek universe right? that's true yeah so just there's won't... lots of elements like that you could add someone could be tortured you're not going to see anything of it um yeah i can see it 
I'm going to wrap my head around it now. I want to see it. You want to see it. I want to see it. Yeah. Different different cast, though. You don't want this cast. Well, I mean, realistically, you would never get this right, cast Right, because it would be like, you then it would just... be in canon with it. and it would, Yeah, you yeah. couldn't jump this cast into that type of a movie. Right. That's fine. Give us a new cast. Yeah. Anyways, um, I want to see that. Uh, you seem on the fence not that i no no not that i don't want to see it it? i just i i'm trying to figure out what it is yeah i want to understand what it is like where whereas i said like wolverine is an easy jump in my head because it's so violent yeah whereas like i don't see star trek as being so violent so i'm trying to very violent though yeah no i know because it's war there's wars all over the but it's space war which i don't really understand space war all i've seen is star wars and star trek where there's just lasers shooting at each other. And I don't know what that is. Like, that's not something I've actually seen. How about starships being shot down in orbit and smashing into cities and stuff like that? Like, yeah. More on like a, a scale of like... And you just really get into... Batman v Superman, where uh, yeah. those spaceships are smashing through cities. and Right. Uh, yeah. Maybe... A, there you go. Maybe like a starship has come and is destroying whole cities. Yeah. Right? Rather than fights in space, but they're destroying civilizations on the planet or... Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, it, it it it's just more the violence has is connected to something more like down to earth. Yeah, you know, like more something I understand. Yeah, if you're going all the way to the planet level, I get that, right? So then the violence there affects me more. When it's ships shooting in space, it, like it's abstract to me. Yeah. Okay, Dean. Babies being burnt, then babies being shot. Don't burn babies. Dogs. Just don't. Hey, animals being killed. You do not is touch. That, animals. Is that what you're looking for here? Do that, not touch animals. You don't. Just, that's how violent it has to get for you to. No. Goldfish. Tim, if you being hurt... knocked over out of <laughs> oh, fish tanks, no. floating on the ground. To bring that up. It took me this long to get over it. <laughs> I'm, you brought it back how, up. Now I'm upset. How could you ever get over it? Now I'm upset. I need to watch that Chris Hemsworth scene again so I can get back in a good mood. Well, you know what? Let's go watch that right now. Okay. All right? Sounds good. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you next time. That's it for another episode. Thanks to everyone for listening. If you'd like to drop us a line, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter as TalkBackPod, or by email at TalkBackPod at gmail.com. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Those reviews will help more people find Talking Back. All right, that's it. We're done. La la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la.